Good evening, everyone. Welcome to The Authentic Woman. This is your host, Shannon Fisher. You are on the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, and I'm excited. I've got so many regular viewers that tune in every Sunday night to listen to my show, and it just it warms my heart. It really does, because I'm really trying to share the stories of so many people with you know a large variety of experience, uh, and a large variety of perspective. And so I've got a guest tonight who is a perspective that I've I've never offered before, and that is the perspective of a teenager. Um, I've got a teen author. She wrote a, a novel when she was 16 years old, and it's it's fantastic and and filled with such such metaphor. Uh, I, I, I really really impressive. It's exciting to me to see young people really diving into what they want to do and just doing it at the time that they want to do it, as opposed to waiting until they're in college or waiting until such and such. Everybody always says, one day I'm going to write a novel. Well, here's a teenager that did it. So everybody out there who's saying that, you no longer have an excuse not to write your novel. Her name is Hope Bollinger, and she's been published many, many times, uh, short stories to poems, um, several of her essays have been published in anthologies. Her first original play that she wrote was performed when she was in eighth grade. She's also a journalist for N2 Publishing, and she wrote Unmasked, which is the novel we're talking about, when she was 16 years old, the fall of her junior year of high school. She uh, lives in Hudson, Ohio, with her parents, her older sister, her younger brother, and a Brazilian exchange student, uh, three dogs and Twix the Wonder Cat, who has his own Facebook page. So Hope has a very full life and still managed to find the time to write a novel at 16. So without further ado, I would like to introduce my listeners to Hope Bollinger. Hope, welcome. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad that you're here too. I am. I am so impressed by this work, and I am so impressed by you. Before before we start talking about your novel. I think the the main question I, I want to start with is when did you start writing? Oh, that's a hard question. Um, I think I started writing in first grade, um, just kind of little short stories here and there, and then around middle school is when I started doing writing plays, um, and that's when I had one of the plays performed at my old school. But starting novels was interesting. Um, I was with my friend Julie, and she was actually my inspiration. And she would tell me about how she would write novels. And I was like, you're crazy. I don't understand how you can do that. And about two weeks later, I started writing my first novel. So that's how it all started. That's great. That's so fantastic. So uh, in, inspiration between writers. And, and I think that when you when you are a writer and you have stories in you, you absolutely you have to get them out. And uh, and and the way that you get them out is is so so beautifully. Well, so some of the work <laughs> that you've done before novels, uh, you've written poetry that has been published in anthologies. What is the what is the subject of of much of your poetry? Just kind of uh, whatever I'm feeling passionate about at the moment. Um, I think one of the poems that got published in one of the anthologies, I just kind of was feeling sort of invisible, so I was kind of trying to show how um, even those who are overlooked and just those who people just don't give a second thought about, those people matter. So just kind of whatever my muse is going at. My English teacher always talks about our, whatever your muse is going at, you should always write. Most definitely. And I, and I think that... 
um, in reading your work and in talking to you, you seem to have a really excellent grasp on human nature and social interactions and really kind of the depth of the human spirit that most people your age do not have. Why do you think that is? Um, That's a good question. I definitely think it's just kind of how I just I see um, people all around me just really want something. They just really want to be wanted. They really want people to hear them. They really just, um, there's something deep inside of us that wants to be heard. There's always uh, another part that is really prevalent is just kind of we all struggle with uh, our own weaknesses. Um, the main character just kind of runs into a lot of problems because she just really wants to be noticed. But um, she's going to have to struggle through a lot of obstacles along the way in order to get to that fame that she's really, really hoping for. Sure, sure. And so how much how much time did you spend writing this novel? How long did it take you? You wrote it when you were 16, and you wrote it in one semester in your free time, uh, which is phenomenal. How many how many hours do you think that it took you to write this book? Um, I would say each chapter individually probably took about two hours. So I would think on a rough estimate, just the first draft itself would probably take 40 to 50 hours. So you were I'm, extremely I'm dedicated when you sat down and wrote this. And and I, it's it's dialogue heavy, which is perfect, because I think it, it, it really flows quickly and you're really kind of jumping um, – you know, jumping back and forth, and there's some fast-paced action. There's a lot of action in it, uh, which is, I don't know, I, I, I really liked that. I didn't expect that. I didn't know what to expect, in, you know, in reading the book. And, and just to see that there's, there's so much action and there's turmoil and, uh, and scenes behind the turmoil. Now, there are some religious themes in your uh, in your novel, that they're they're weaved throughout the novel, uh, but you don't you don't really get a grasp on the metaphor until the end. How did you introduce those themes, knowing how you were going to end the book uh, from the beginning? How did you have your characters um, represent archetypes? Okay. I have this one character in the book who goes by the title of the author, which is supposed to be uh, my representation of God. And so at the beginning of the book, um, the main character sort of wakes up, which is supposed to be a creation sort of scene. And then um, the character who I'm portraying is sort of like the prodigal son figure, who um, she slowly begins to run away from the author. She wants to write her own story, but at the end there's a redemption when she realizes that she's sort of made a mistake. She um, can't get out of um, the mess that she's made, and she realizes how much that she needs the author. And that's, that's, I guess that's the um, overarching spiritual metaphor of the book. Absolutely. I mean, it, it really is. And um, to take that and expand it into stories and uh, adventures with other characters, and you really touched on some serious issues in your book that that people face, uh, you know, social ostracization, uh, social pressure. You talked about an eating disorder. Um, why was that something that you wanted to include in the book? Because I just, I've seen so many people go through so many struggles. I've um, gone through some of them. I haven't gone through an eating, eating disorder, but I have been 
especially ostracized. It just kind of, um, I understand, like, that a lot of people go through a lot of tough things, and we all hide um, behind a sort of mask that everything's okay, but everyone is struggling with something. So I really wanted to bring that out because those are really prevalent to our society, but a lot of people don't bring out that it's happening. Most definitely, and and, and especially people in your age group uh, are so you're coming into your own now and you're you're finding your identity and you're growing into your appearance as a, a young adult and um, you're really kind of becoming who you are. And so that's kind of a tough struggle if you don't know who you are and if you can't find who you are and if you're listening to everybody else. I love I love that you put that in uh in, in many different ways. And you also bridged bridged the topic of sexual assault. And I, I thought that, that was very brave and that is also something that is really prevalent among young people. So what was your intent there for the reader? My intent there for the reader just was to kind of show um how dark the world can be sometimes and um I know that it's a very serious topic. One of the people who inspired me to write the novel, she went through a difficult situation. She wasn't personally um, sexually assaulted, but she um, there was physical abuse in the relationship. So I really thought it would be really important to talk about a topic like that because there's not a whole lot out there that really dives deep into it, especially in um, young adult genres. There isn't a whole lot that talks about serious topics like that. So that that was kind of one of the main reasons that I put that in there. Well, and I think that's a very good point because the, the the young adult stories they obviously appeal to teens and and appeal to adult adults. I th- I think sixty percent of the readers of young adult books are uh, adults. I think I saw, <laughs> saw that statistic yesterday. Um, but it's true they don't, and I think authors don't like to think of teenagers as going through. Uh, any type of of struggle of that nature, but it is very real in our society. Starting in middle school, there's there's pressure and there's there's a lot that goes on that that damages people and that scares people, and they don't talk about it. So I think including it in your book was really fantastic. So your main character, after having been sexually assaulted, I mean obviously that's extremely traumatic, and so you, you, she ultimately becomes victorious and so how how did she reach um how did she overcome that in the plot of the story how did she how did she overcome that situation and get out of the abusive situation all right what happens is um she realizes that she's in a very very dark place and she Mm -hmm. realizes she can't get out of there alone so um when she when she finally has this epiphany she sees the author and realizes that that's her salvation. That is um, where she is going to find rest and away from all the dark stuff that has been happening. Um, And so um, she runs to him, but then she finds it really difficult because there are a lot of obstacles in her way. It's sort of this um, really fast-paced action scene, and there's a lot of obstacles standing in her way. But then mm-hmm. the author steps in her place and takes on the things that have been crowding her life, that have been um, torturing her for the past several months, and um, he takes them on and throws them off. And that is where she finds her redemption. Um, and at the end of the book, um, she finally takes off the mask 
that has been plaguing her for so long, that she's been hiding behind for so long. And that's when um, she truly can be free of the situation. And it isn't exactly a super happy ending. There are still struggles she's going to go through, but it's definitely a lot better of an ending than Most what definitely. it probably would have been. Yeah, for sure. And and, and I, I really love, you know, I love that you named the bad guy Blade because he's sharp. And, um, I mean, there was so much thought that, that went into the book, and I, I really love the story of redemption, and I and I really love that washed away feeling of the the trauma of the past being gone, uh, coming from a religious place. Now, so you are a Christian, and you have have grown up strong in your faith. Tell me a little bit about what your faith means to you. Sure, absolutely. Um, here's what my faith means to me. I grew up kind of in a Christian home, um, and I I learned everything about the Bible from um, memorizing verses, but it didn't really become super real for me um, until my ninth grade year, and that's kind of where it clicked. And I realized all that Jesus did for me, that he was willing to go to the cross and die for me because I messed up so many times. And so um, what my faith means to me is that there's a God in heaven who loves me and who is willing to take on my sin in order to save me. That is, I, that's amazing and that's strong and it's extremely powerful. And, and, and I love that you, that you named the character that represents God the author because he is the, the writer and he is the architect of the story that's happening. But instead of being the narrator, he's a character, which I think is just perfect. I mean, it's such a different way to look at it because, you know, I mean, one would anticipate that, um, you know, an omnipresent, omniscient being would be the narrator, but he's a character, which is great. And so your, your heroine doesn't at first realize that the author um, is anything powerful. And so how did you explain that in, in context of the plot and the character? Oh, gosh. Um, just kind of, he shows up in various parts of the story. Just kind of, he's he's there. He's not um, not just kind of um, hovering around in the air or um, just doesn't show up at all. He'll show up when she's at the um, camp that they're at before they're going to go off into their story. He's there in the cafe. Um, when she's in the story and she realizes um, that she needs him, she can see him right there. He jumps into her story and stops the terrible things that have been tearing apart her. Yeah, I guess that's um, that's um, where he shows up as to the plot of the story. Sure. And and so I also another interesting uh, realm of this is the story itself, is these characters are characters, and they know that they're characters inside of a story, and and yet they continue. And so I wonder what was your uh what was your idea in in making the characters characters inside of a story? Um because I, that's something unique that not not very many books, you know, that, that they'll talk about characters, but not many books the characters are known as characters. So what was that? Was there an effect that you were looking for, or was it part of the the narration so that they could be written by the author? What was the um, purpose of the characters being characters? 
Um, when I was planning out the book, I was just kind of thinking, you know how we always get the perspective of the chosen ones or the main characters, but I always wondered what would be the perspective of the best friend or even the background character. So then I wondered to myself, do the characters know that they're characters in a story? And I thought probably not, but it would be kind of cool to create a world where they did. And then I kind of thought, we're kind of like characters in a story. We um, lead different stories of lives. We have climaxes. We have occasionally happy endings. Um, so I just thought about that, too. Sometimes we'll play main characters in other people's stories, and sometimes we'll just be a background character. Absolutely. I mean, it, it really amazes me what perspective you have on society and humanity at your age. It Most people don't. Most people are worried about their hair, and <laughs> there you are <laughs> writing full-length novels, and, and this is the first in a trilogy, right? I, I'm making it the first in a five-book series, <laughs> yeah. If, wow. So how many, how much of the... How much of the rest have you written? I am about um, three-quarters of the way through the second book right now. Okay. So you are driven. You you, you <laughs> absolutely want to write and, and want to get this out. So do you have the plot for all five books laid out in your head? Do you, do you know what's going to happen? You just have to write it? Um, I sort of have, like, basic sort of outline-ish things. Usually when I go into writing books, I kind of just, go for it. I have like a few vague ideas of things I want to incorporate or just a funny line here or there and then just kind of run with it and, and see where it goes. Well, and see, that's fascinating to me because uh, this book seems so well thought out and, and, and the, the themes that run throughout it, you know, I mean, down to kind of the battle between good and evil. It's It all fits into the theme of the author, um, and so it would seem to me that you would take in great effort to do that. But it sounds like you just kind of, as it came to you, you said, okay, we're going to do this. When do you get your inspiration? <laughs> it's really funny. Um, it was usually during math class. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I just kind of, the ideas just sort of come. <laughs> just like it'll be at completely random moments when I'm not trying because earlier uh, a few months ago I was running into a huge um, writer's block and they would not come but then all of a sudden just bam out of nowhere an idea comes so uh, I have no idea <laughs> and so you're a you're a senior in high school now um, and you're you said earlier that your English teacher always talked about following your muse so what is what is the most frequent muse that pops into your head oh I don't know. It's just my muse is really weird. Um, sometimes my muse will, like, send me on a really weird tangent where I'll go write a play. Um, but I think I think the biggest thing my muse jumps on is just, this, like, language of story in general, just kind of how, um, like, it's structured and how um, we live out stories. I think that's probably where it usually, usually jumps on to. Sure. You're, I mean, you're, def you're creating... A world. You're creating multiple worlds uh, in this book. I, I haven't read any of your other writing, but uh, I, I can definitely see that. Now, you you just mentioned the play. Now, so you had your first play you, that you wrote, and it was produced when you were in middle school. So tell me a little bit about the play. What was the play about? 
Sure. Um, basically, the play was about um, fairy tale characters, um, and Cinderella has lost her shoe, and they're wondering who stole it. So they investigate the whole crime scene. They go interview each of the individual fairy tale characters. All of them look suspicious, and at the end of the play, they determine who actually stole the slipper. Where was it? Uh, where was it produced? Where was it performed? Um, it was uh, performed at my elementary school, Valley Christian Academy in Aurora, Ohio. I think that's great. That's so fantastic that you um, had that kind of creativity and that they saw the talent enough to to take the words on the page and and turn it into something to something real. So, is that the only play you've written? Oh. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, I've written a few others. I just wrote one where um, one of the characters is trying to convince everyone else that they're actors in a stage production, so that was really fun to write. That's uh, another another theme of uh, subconscious being and, and <laughs> social conscious being, you know. I mean, that's really yeah. um, to be something that, that runs through through most of what you do, which I... I think it's fantastic, and I think really people can relate. I mean, especially the um, the masking. You know, we're all trying to fit in, trying to put our best foot forward, trying to present to the world, this is the best me. And, you know, sometimes people are self-aware and self-confident enough to be themselves, but especially young people usually aren't, and, and so they do try to please people. And so in, you know, one of your characters in this novel, uh, as we said earlier, gets uh, an eating disorder because she's trying to please others and she, uh, she, you know, is trying to be perfect. And so that struggle that she felt, have you ever felt that or have your close friends felt that? How prevalent is that struggle to be perfect and to be accepted uh, in high school right now? Oh, I think it's definitely huge um, that they always will say that they're not, but I think um, everyone is somehow trying to fit in. Um, I did know someone who um, did have an eating disorder, and um, recovery was really difficult um, because she she just had a picture in her head of what the word pretty meant, and to her, pretty meant skinny. Um, and so she um, would force herself to not eat in order to fit that image. And, and even another example where, even if it's not involving self-harm, my one friend, he is cr- uh, amazing. Um, he is super loud, super fun to be with, but he used to um, just kind of shy away, hide behind a mask of just trying not to be noticed for his loudness during class. And one day one of his math teachers told him, you know, you're one of the quietest people in my class. And this surprised him because this kid is this kid's a theater kid. He um, has um, probably one of the best voices in our grade for singing. And it really surprised him to know that um, he had hid away his talents and hid away who he was because he wanted to look perfect. Right. Yeah. And 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 what is actual perfection is those qualities in him make him him and and he's loved for those qualities that he was trying to hide and i think a lot of times people don't see that a lot of times people 
people admire you for something that you feel like you might need to squelch because you think, oh, I don't want anybody to see that. And that might be a quality that people absolutely adore in you. Um, you know, and I think ultimately it comes down to you just have to be yourself and and you absolutely have to follow your heart and follow your spirit. Now, with the with the salvation in the book and with the, the religious theme and the the metaphor, the allegory, what is salvation to you on a faith level? What what does it mean? Salvation to me, um, personally, with uh, the Christian faith, um, is that I was in a messed up spot and I realized that I couldn't get out of there alone, and that's um, when Christ came and took my place and took on everything that I have done wrong, and where he um, died on the cross for me and then um, rose from the dead three days later. And that's um, where my salvation is found, where I know that I missed the mark of perfection. I messed up, but still um, I can know that when I die, I will have eternal life with him in heaven because um, he rescued me from a terrible situation. That is beautiful. Um, now, it, do you find do you find it difficult socially to be... Um, a devout Christian uh, as a teenager is there is there pressure to um, to kind of cast that aside and and you know go to parties and and do things that that some teenagers do and how has uh, your strong faith impacted your social world as a teen? Yeah, I definitely think um, it is definitely counterculture to um, be a part of the Christian faith just because. There's sort of a live-for-now mentality, kind of just, like, make the most of the moment. Um, and so it's kind of it's kind of weird, like, when, you ha- um, when you're thinking about, um, like, eternity or different stuff like that. I personally, I've been really blessed to go to a, a, really, a really wonderful Christian school. Um, there's not a whole lot of party scenes. And I, I've just been blessed with a, a lot of friends who have encouraged me in my faith. But I've known a lot of people who are Christians who um, do struggle to fit in while also maintaining what they believe because it will go against things that society will want you to do, you know? Right, right, definitely. That's I, I, I would imagine that that would be a very difficult... Uh, it's good to be, uh, you know, if, if, if you are an extremely, um, an extremely devout person, it's good that you're going to a Christian school because that does, like you said, that makes it easier. So moving forward, you're going to college next year. Are you going to major in something involving writing? I am going to be majoring in professional writing. Fantastic. Uh, so what kinds of what kinds of classes and, and programs do they have that you're going to be taking? It's going to be anywhere from editing to just writing, different kinds of writing in general, um, just from all the different fields, from, like, copywriting to um, working with a publisher, all sorts of different stuff like that. Oh, you're going to learn so much. That's fantastic. So the, the actual mm-hmm. major is professional writing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is so great. I've, ne- I've, I've never seen that before at, at a school. What, what school are you going to? I'm going to uh, Taylor University in Indiana. That's that's really fantastic, and so you dive right in. Uh, well, you're way ahead of the game with the the, the books <laughs> and the essays and the poetry, and um, so oh, we haven't talked about your essays. You've had essays published in anthologies. Uh, what were what were the topic of those? 
Oh, I think it was the same as the poetry. It was just kind of like, um, don't be afraid to stand out, be who you want to be. I think one of them I had talked about being tall because being tall is crazy hard, um, getting a prom date or even being in theater because everyone else is, I guess, shorter. So just kind of um, don't be afraid to be you. Right. Yeah. So how much time how much time do you spend writing uh, in a in a typical day or a typical week? Obviously you're writing a lot if you're if you're producing so much material. How much of your time is spent writing? <laughs> Probably more than I want to admit. Um sometimes I will do it in class. <laughs> Uh, probably just during rehearsals after school for the musical, whenever we have downtime. Um, so prob- I would say like an hour, two hours each day, um, just depending on the day. To have that kind of uh, dedication. I mean, that's that's essentially someone who's, you know, playing a musical instrument and they're practicing for perfection. And, and so your, your writing, uh, being that prolific at your age, by the time you're 25, you're going to rule the world. <laughs> Excited to see how your how your career goes and and how your writing goes and and where it takes you and the themes that you that you start to tackle. So, in addition to the themes that we've discussed, what other topics interest you to write about? I like to incorporate humor. That's um, one of my um, favorite things. I just always love to hear people laughing. Just kind of um, happiness is such a great thing to see in people when they read um, read anything I write. What else? What else? Oh, I don't know. This is maybe even plots of 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 the books that are going to be part of this five book series. Are there are there themes within that? Yeah, um, that I want to experiment with uh, different genres in each of the book. So the first one is romance, but um, in the second one, I have it being in medieval times in fantasy. So I'm trying to mix it up, just change up some of the genres, um, try to work that through the storyline, and just kind of um, seeing people take a hero's journey, become a hero, um, and then also learn who they are during the process. So are, you gonna, are, are all of the characters from the first book going to continue into the second? Oh, no, I'm actually, um, in the second one I'm taking it from... Um, one of the minor characters who shows up just at the beginning, she likes to climb trees, Elm. I'm taking it from her perspective. So um, I think, yes, all the people who are going to be narrators of the five books have been introduced already, but they usually show up as minor characters in each of the books and then will be expanded on later. Yeah, you really, you've got a master plan, Hope. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's great. Now, as far as, as far as professional writing and as far as once you get through school and once you get your degree, um, what kind of writing do you want to do professionally? Do you want to write books? Do you want to write essays? Do you want to be a journalist? What is what is your your true passion for writing? That's an excellent question. Oh, man. I really like writing plays. Mm-hmm. If I can get into that, um, I would definitely do that. Um, writing books would be great, too. But even if I can get a chance to work with a publishing company and just help with that process and read new authors coming from even the teen-like voices from everywhere, that would be really cool. Sure, just to, to be, in, be in the publishing world, be in the, the writing world, and, and figure it out. 
yeah, I think it's kind of the luck of the draw and where you are when you graduate and and, and where there's an yeah. opening and, you know, trying to figure all of it out. Because um, obviously you've got the writing and publishing part down. So I imagine, hey, maybe you can use uh, one of your uh, future books as, you know, for your class. <laughs> for one of your oh, classes. Oh, yeah. That would be great. That would be fun. <laughs> can be like, well, you know, I've got this assignment to write this this book for this semester. Here you go. I did Here it when go. I was seven. <laughs> so as far as as far as dating and romance, um, what were you trying to get across with that in this book, Unmasked? Um, I don't think I was just trying to tackle dating and romance in general. I'm not saying everyone don't get in a dating relationship because, I, I mean, I, um, I've seen people go through great dating relationships. I think just kind of in general I was showing, like, some of the very dark parts of that area, um, like when it comes to sexual assault or um, physical abuse. I was just kind of um, showing that part because, in a lot of young adult books, you kind of get, um, like, the love triangles. You get the um, happy, uh, like, happily ever after sort of romance things where you just met the person. And I just kind of wanted to bring out that while that can happen, and it does happen a lot, it may not always happen. Sure. And, it, yeah, I mean, so there's definitely a focus on um, the dark side of things, for sure, um, as you're going through it. I mean, contrasting uh, good with evil, not that you're, you know, focusing on the dark and saying that's positive. Why was it important to you to to really show, and, and, and you know, this is, you know, we're talking about armies and wars. Why was it uh, important for you to really show the darkness of humanity? Just because I think a lot of times um, we try to ignore it. Um, we'll flip on the news and we'll see all sorts of things going on in the world, but then, it sort of slips our mind, we'll start talking about something else. And I think mm-hmm. it's really important to notice those things and to not just forget about them because they are happening. I think that's definitely really important. Sure, and in a story where there is a salvation, to contrast that with poor behavior or uh, a poor human nature or poor non-human nature, <laughs> you know, it's um, <laughs> um, in order to to be redeemed you have to have done something. So so I think it's I think it's great that you had the forethought to really kind of show exactly what your characters are are fighting against and they're fighting against ultimately the character that ends up being God. At the end of the book, she doesn't really call him God. I mean, he's still the author, um but clearly he represents God. Uh, is he going to be in the the rest of the series, and is he going to lead some of the other characters? Yeah, oh yeah, he um, he shows up in all five books. Um, and yeah, each of the characters is going to have some sort of encounter with him. Um, I think some will um, choose to follow him first off the bat, and then some of them are going to definitely resist his plan for their life because they will want to write their own stories, or they'll want to be their own authors. Right. And, I mean, it, it really is phenomenal that you have such a grasp on human nature at your age <laughs> to, to really understand that there are people who want to, you know, follow their own path and do their own thing. And coming from a, a Christian perspective, I mean, that's, you know, seen as 
as as as going away from God, going away from Christ, uh, but just from a social and sociological and psychological perspective, people go astray, and it, it you know, and it can really take you down some really really bad places. And I think the the beauty of when things get right again, you can appreciate the beauty only after having gone through a little bit of the struggle. Because if you haven't gone through the struggle, you don't know how good it is when things are right. Um, would you consider this book to be a Christian book? Um, I think there are definitely, like, Christian themes woven throughout. But um, mm-hmm. kind of like, um, you know the books um, Narnia by C.S. Lewis? They, they're also young adult books, so you can read it either way. Um, you can read it for um, if you want to see the different Christian themes throughout, but you can also read it as a young adult book. Yeah, I absolutely agree. So I, I wanted to get your perspective on that because it's there are definitely the religious themes running through it, but it stands on its own as a book and as stories about human nature. And so, so that's what's what's great about it is that if somebody picked up this book and didn't have a religious bone in his or her body and it, it you know let's say an atheist <laughs> picks up this book and reads it they're still going to enjoy it and they're still going to follow the themes and really understand un- understand the humanity and the human nature that they're showing through the plot so what inspires you I think um, definitely the Bible inspires me just kind of reading about, because um, there are so many passages and there are people who also go through struggles and who fall short of the mark of perfection. Just kind of day-to-day interactions with people. Um, maybe someone will say a quote here or there that will just inspire me. Also my friend Julie, who um, wrote novels and introduced me to novel writing, she definitely inspires me too. So she's your age and she writes novels as well? She is, and she does, yeah, she likes to write novels too. To take on that challenge of writing such long form fiction uh, for your own, for your, I mean, for your own enjoyment. You're not even doing this for a class. I think that's wonderful because there are, you know, there are a ton of writers and 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 people who listen to this show. There are a lot of aspiring writers, and people always say, you know, how do you how do you write? Why do you write? And it's because you have to. But when you are a writer, you must write. And mm-hmm. you discovered that a lot earlier than most people. When when did it hit you that that you're a writer and, and that you have to, have to write and that you have to spend this time writing and that you have to get these thoughts out on paper? I don't know. I just I feel like the feeling has just always been there. I just always enjoyed storytelling and being able to create your own worlds. I was one of those kids who probably had about 100 imaginary friends because I just liked to create stuff like that. I don't know. It's, it's kind of what you said. I just I felt the urge to write, and you just have to. You can't just keep the ideas bottled up. They're just going to come out one way or another. Right, right. It's like a volcano. They're just bubbling up in there, and they, it's, it's got to be released somehow. And I, I, I think you're you're a, a very deep well of that. Uh, you know, I, I'm excited that you're going to be studying professional writing to get experience on all angles of it, because in the professional world, you know, some people end up professional copywriting at an ad agency to make their money, write their novel on the side, one of them becomes huge, bam, you're Nicholas Sparks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's so many options. There's so many options for for creativity. 
you know, that you can, can take on. And so you really also enjoy theater. You enjoy playwriting. Is that something that you intend to keep doing? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I love writing plays. It just, it's so much fun. Like you had said earlier um, that books are dialogue heavy. I just, I love to play up dialogue. I just like to experiment with it. It's just, it's so much fun, especially because you can be super dramatic in the scripts. You can put completely absurd things, like things that would probably never happen, but you can still um, work with that, and it's, it's so much fun, especially when you can see it actually come to life on stage. Yeah, because that, that adds another dimension. So you're, you're creating your own world. Okay, so, it, so follow me, listeners. She's creating her own world in Unmasked, and within that world there's another world because they realize their character's in a story. So, so that's two. And then so in playwriting, let's say you've got the same, the same kind of setup, the same theme, then you add a third dimension in that there actually are actors playing these parts. I mean, you really are creating worlds. So kudos to you. <laughs> I mean, I think that's, uh, that's, that's what people want, that people want to be entertained. People want to escape. People want to um, gain insight on human nature, on themselves, when, when they read or when they go see a show. And, and I mean, that's for, you know, all genres of art, music, uh, visual arts, dance, any kind of, of creative outlet that people have. I think it's very therapeutic. And your, your book is really, uh, it really just reaches in and grabs you and I'm I'm so glad that you wrote it. I really am. When I uh, when I saw that you had written it, I I was like, and she's a senior in high school. Okay, I've got to get her on my show. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to get her on my show. This will be a good this will be a good conversation. So just tell me kind of a little bit about your life. Sure. Um. Oh man, life is crazy right now. Um, with senior year ending. I like getting involved in anything that has to do with the arts, um, theater. Uh, we're about to put on uh, Pirates of Penzance at my school, so I'm really excited about that. Um, singing, I, I mean, I guess I could attempt actual, like, drawing art, but I, I make a really mean stick figure, I can tell you. <laughs> I'm not very good at that. <laughs> and I, I also uh, play tennis and talk for our speech team. That's, that's basically my life. You are so lazy, Hope. <laughs> I know. I really need to do something with my life. <laughs> Just sitting around doing nothing, twiddling your thumbs. It's amazing. <laughs> so uh, summer, summer between uh, graduation and going off to school, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm really excited. Um, me and my mom, we're going to go to uh, London, which is, I'm so excited. It's like... I don't know why I'm just strangely obsessed with London. It might just be the accent or, like, I like scones. But, you know, I am ex- I'm really excited. I'm going to go see London. Oh, that's, that'll be a great trip, and that'll give you more inspiration. I'm sure you'll be walking around with your, with your notepad. That's really cool. <laughs> and and it, for, the, for the listeners out there, if you're on the broadcast page in the slideshow, one of Hope's senior pictures uh, with a – a wooden pencil writing down in a notebook that definitely after talking to her is hope in action writing. And also on that page, 
we've got a link to her uh, her book on Amazon, the Amazon page there, and uh, you know a little bit of bio information on her, most of which we've discussed. Uh, but if you, uh, I, I highly recommend anyone interested in, in reading young adult, especially stories with with themes that dive into humanity, just click the link and buy the book. It's digital and paper. I, I highly recommend it. So, are there any authors that have influenced you that you've read? Ooh, oh, that's so hard. Um, I think some of the biggest authors, um, J.K. Rowling is definitely up there. I will read her books 24-7. Francine Rivers, um, and also Marcus Zizak, who wrote uh, The Book Thief. Um, Those are definitely um, huge authors who have inspired me and um, who I will always read again and again. That's great. Uh, You know, when when something really resonates with you, you feel a, a kinship with the person that wrote that book, even even if you've never met them, because that's the world that they created. And so when it resonates with you, it's a good... You know, the, the human connections that we all have, I mean, the, the digital age is amazing to me because it kind of demonstrates the connections that we all have, but we don't really need all the digital equipment for those connections to happen, you know? It's, it's <laughs> wires and waves that were there anyway. It's just now we attach electronic devices to them. So, um, yeah, this is a good thing, and I'm excited to see passion in you. I'm excited to see passion in a young person, period, <laughs> who, um, because there there seems to be so much apathy these days, and there doesn't seem to be a lot of focus on creativity in education. Did you, uh, in the schools, uh, you know, as you were as you were going through primary and secondary school, was there a focus on art education of of all genres? Uh, because I know a, a lot of schools don't have that these days. Did you do you think you got more artistic training uh and focus than other students? No, I don't I don't think so. I think there was more of a focus on just kind of um just math um math uh I mean there would be basic grammar and English you would learn, but I don't think there was a huge emphasis on really being um Creative. Um, in fact, for our for our school personally, um, for if to waive um, getting a gym credit, you have to do two different sports, and you only have to have one fine arts um, credit. So I think there's definitely um, there's not much of an emphasis on um, being creative. They don't really push for it. There's not really much of an expectation there. Wow, that that just it it makes me sad. It really does. It makes me sad because when I was younger, and you know I'm older than the hills, but when I was <laughs> younger, you know there were requisites. Um, every every year you had to be in some some creative uh, venue, and you know you could switch around. But uh, you know, like if you got into chorus, you could stay into chorus, or uh, but you could do chorus and then shop and then art, and and it was it was required and and celebrated and we would have art class and the the things that the kids did in art would be plastered all over the walls of the elementary school and I, it makes me so sad to see that that emphasis in society is gone but it gives me hope to talk to you hope <laughs> because 
that creativity exists and that passion for creating exists and you just decided to do it on your own. I think that's I think that's fantastic. And your your friend decided to do it on her own. Um yeah, and and creative people are drawn to one another. So it will be um I think your life will be really, really exciting when you go to school and you're interacting with a bunch of other people whose brains work similarly to yours. That's uh, We talked earlier about that everybody has a struggle to fit in and to kind of find their place. And when all of your peers are, um, are people who are, are similar to you, at least in interests, I think that that kind of takes one layer of the mask away. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're reaching the end of the show. It's flown by. Um, before before we reach the end, I just want to talk a little bit about the title of your book, Unmasked. So why did you choose that as the title? Um, as the title itself, just kind of, well, there's the huge mask theme throughout it that we all try to hide in it. But um, the main encouragement of the book is to not hide behind the mask. Mm-hmm. That's why... Um, I don't know why. I just I really liked having each of the chapter titles start with un. But just kind of in general, the unmasked theme is kind of telling people be themselves. Don't let society make you let you cover up something or try to fit some sort of mold that has been put because um what is normal, honestly. So I right. think um that is the that's big picture of the title itself, unmasked. Well, I think that is fantastic, and I think that you are a remarkable young woman, and it sounds like you're going to go full-on writer, and there's no looking back. There's no looking back, and I think that's awesome. That is awesome. So congratulations to you for writing this and for, for getting it out there, and um, and thank you really for being on my show. This was fun. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. It was It was really fun. I'm excited to to offer a very different perspective to the listeners, and I I, I hope everybody out there enjoyed listening and click on the link and and go get Hope's book because I I think that it really will resonate with a lot of people. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me here. Bye. Bye.